0: Hello, hello, hello How's everyone doing during this Truly bizarre times we're living through I mean, this has been a weird year to say the least And I started this podcast as a kind of historical journal This is like um archaeology but for ideas I am the modern day Herodotus So I would be remiss if I didn't Put this kind of situation Into historical context In terms of what's happening right now And I don't want to say My views on it, that makes me sound quite narcissistic And though like everyone's hanging on my every word You know like those Celebrities, everyone's been saying Why won't Jack Fowler speak up On police brutality As though Jack Fowler's voice is now going to make You know, that's really going to put us over the edge But um Anyway, here we go so I'm going to be touching on a few of the things that have happened in the past few weeks and what I make of what's been going on so far, how I see it that I set this issue. And I'm going to be starting with the story of Amy Cooper, which seems like ages ago now, even though it's barely two weeks ago. Would you please stop? Sorry, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me, to Please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please of don't come close to me. And I'm taking pictures of calling the cops. Please, please call I- the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm going to ramble. And there is a man, African-American, he has a bicycle helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. There is an African-American man, I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. And my dog. I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man into the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the ramble. Thank you. So that video went viral. And everyone was very, very mad about it. I mean, rightly so. The woman was being completely unhinged and deranged. I don't know what the hell her problem was. And, you know, all the CNN and all the big media picked it up. And so the woman, as a result of that, she got fired from her job. And... She had to apologise And said she was sorry And the guy said he forgave her And you know That was a good thing But it seemed like That was basically how This whole thing kind of Kicked off This whole racial Let me say race war Racial Epiphany Racial awakening That we're having right now But one thing that struck me as curious Was the fact that Everyone was calling for her to be fired. And there was really no... I don't want to say no because for her not to be fired. Because I guess, you know, that will be in the negative. But basically everyone, all the posts I saw, 99.99% of them, was pro having her lose her job. And I have to say, personally, I have to disagree with that. Because as I was saying to my friend, my friend and I had this conversation today. And he was again, you know, showing his righteous indignation as everyone was racist, deserved to be fired. So I asked him, is the point that she should never have another job again? Then he said no. So so I said to him, so you think she should be allowed to apply for another job and get it? And he said yes. So I was like, so why should she be fired from this job then? And he couldn't really give me a coherent answer why. And I suspect many people are going to be like that. If the point is that she should be fired from her job for doing something, trying to, you know, almost stoke racial tensions, basically, exploit the fact that she's white and the guy's black, which she even quoted in the call. I don't really see what the point of that is. Why would you quote the fact that he's African-American in the call, if not, of course, to, you know, play the race card, as it were, which people always use that term as a pejorative to say, you know, black people are doing it, but she was clearly doing it there. So that was of course racist and had a racial connotation. Although I mean racist again this is a conversation I always have again with my friends, which is that the word is used so out of context, the word I prefer to use is bigoted. If she was being racist, that would mean that she was weaponizing her his race to try and suggest that she's somehow superior to him because she's African American because she's white and he's African American, but that wasn't really what she was doing. Also, race is not a real construct, so it's just a blatantly false, stupid category like eugenics science that has no classification. But anyway, anyway, irregardless, she wasn't even being technically racist by the definition of the term. She was being bigoted. So racial racial bigotry almost. Now her being bigoted and trying to weaponize her quote unquote race, ethnicity, whichever one you want to use. It's abhorrent and quite unhinged But At the same time what I was saying to my friend Is that Is it really a consistent Moral principle If we judge everyone On the worst thing they've ever done So if the principle is that She did something Bigoted so we should fire her Can we then go through The worst things everyone else has done And fire them because, of course, a lot of things people do that are horrible happen in private. So there's that component as well. And even a few weeks ago, there was an issue where there was a massive colorism awakening. Where a lot of people's um, colorist tweets were being pulled up. Where they had said very, you know, harmful or bigoted things towards black women. Calling them aggressive, saying they're unattractive. You know, their dark skin is, you know, X, Y, and Z. I know I had a lot of that growing up in school as well. I know a lot of, you know, people that are dark skin had, you know, the same experience. But is the principle then that all those people should be fired from their jobs? It just doesn't seem consistent. Because, again, this is more consistent with my belief of... I don't really believe in punishment as a concept that way. So it It put me in a tough position because I understand that you know what she did was inexcusable, but at the same time, I have to be consistent in my principles and say that if I don't believe that someone you know who's killed fifty people and raped five hundred people should be put to death, I must also not believe that this woman should be fired, which is quite literally probably one of the worst things that can happen to someone in a pandemic in a situation where she probably has kids, half of the country's unemployed there are no jobs. Is that really justice? I, I, I just don't think so. I have to disagree with that. Of course someone would say, Oh my god, but what she did is so disgusting, what she did is so abhorrent, and you know, that's racist and what if this, what if that. But Oops. just because someone sins differently to you, that's not really a barometer of how much they should be punished for. And I know any of Christians out there listening, this exactly is what happened in the Bible when the adulterer was gonna be stoned to death and Jesus said, you know, let he who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. Now he didn't say, Let he who hasn't been an adulterer before because that's a convenient thing to do, to say, Well I haven't you know done that. I haven't been racist, so those racists have everything coming to them. But what if they turn the principle around and say let's make it about being homophobic, being anti trans person, how many people are gonna lose their jobs? I know growing up I was a sexist and my friend did try and say, oh, well, you know, it's, it depends on the age in which you said these things. But I'm pretty sure I was a sexist up until when I knew Belle, you know, I around 16, 17. It was only really when I started, when I joined um my school's gender equality society that, you know, I started to, you know, these views were being actively challenged and I started to realise Again at that time it wasn't like I was like retarded I was smart enough to figure out that you know Sexism at it's core was just hypocritical And most of my sexism was you know Calling women hoes and sluts and things like that Sluts But Was it obvious to A 16 year old That calling a woman You know a derogatory term for something You want to do yourself Is stupid and dumb and hypocritical It should have been but I didn't know. So I guess at that time you could you could say, you know, I am responsible for those things, for being sexist at that time, for not knowing better. Should someone... Should I lose my job because of that? I would argue not. And when I asked my friend, well, you said X, Y, and Z things, should someone fire you from your job because you said those things? Of course he didn't agree with that. Because we all know intrinsically we are better than the worst things we've done. You know, someone's in prison for an assault, for murder you know if that's the case then we'd have you know life sentences for many many more crimes and our life sentences wouldn't be 30 years as they are in this country there would be actual life where you know you're not going to come out you're going to die in there but i think if you poll most people when it comes to our criminal justice system they would agree that you know life sentences being 30 years that's fair maybe even lower i would say much lower but that's fair. We don't want a situation where, you know, we just condemn people to death because of one thing they've done. That's not a healthy, rational society. And if we're talking about pushing back against people that have harmful views about others and you know, make quick judgments and things like that, the way we do that is not by then, you know, going to an extreme and um, you know, presenting a society in which once you do one thing that's horrible then you're permanently done forever. A lot of the people that made these tweets, I'm referring to these, you know, harmful, nasty tweets about black women. A lot of them are now grandstanding about racism and how disgusting it is. If you go through their tweets, one could say those were way more racist than most white people ever actually tweeted. Yet, these are black men, some of them women, that were saying these things. So again, we have to put stuff in context. Of course what they said was disgusting and abhorrent. A lot of them apologized and you know, they seem sincere. We don't I don't know them personally, but they seem sincere. But should you say because of that they should lose their jobs, lose their livelihoods, lose their income? You know, this woman losing her job. What well, if she has kids? Are kids just as guilty of this? We're in a pandemic. How are they gonna eat? How are they gonna survive? If she becomes, I dunno, homeless, God forbid, due to this, then we will have someone tweeting about how homelessness disproportionately affects women. And homelessness is sexist. How does she get homeless? Are we going to talk about that? Everyone universally recognizes that homelessness is a bad thing. If you see a homeless person on the street right now and they say, "Oh, they're homeless because they said something racist," would you say, "Okay, good, they deserve it"? Of course not. Intrinsically, we want to help everyone, we want to you know we don't want to have a society where we say, "Okay, because they were racist and now they're homeless, fuck them." We're not going to help them. You know, that's that's you know they had it coming. Because again, that's not the kind of society we really want to build. If we're the ones with a moral high ground saying, you know, let's be better, we can't then, you know, do the most punitive and draconian thing. Because even on a practical level, a lot of the time, that comes back to bite, you know, minorities in the arse. Calling for the most draconian, extreme punishments. Because really what you've done is you're submitting to a mob veto. My friend was saying, oh, well, she, she can get another job. I was like, how is that so sure? What if she gets another job and then someone tweeted, Oh my God, I saw this woman that was on videos saying racist stuff at this job now. And now everyone starts to harass the employer, then they have to fire her. Again, is that the kind of society we want? Because everyone's saying, Oh, I'm not saying she shouldn't get a job elsewhere. But everyone's saying, you know, we're going to harass wherever she's working at to make sure she doesn't have a job. One can think what she did was abhorrent and disgusting, which it is. But simultaneously, we have to respond better in my view. we're talking about creating a better society. We can't then pander to the worst elements. It's almost like you know when Republicans run ads of like people on welfare and they say, "Oh, look at this welfare queen He's driving a Cadillac and you know living large and having a four foot you know four you know four kilometer mansion and all that." Are there some people, I know, out there, if you really wanted to find it, that exploit welfare? Probably. But should we then use that to say, you know, in fact, as a result of that no one should get welfare? That's not a rational response. That's what crazy people do. Not being able to look at stuff objectively and, you know, analyse it, you know, you know, just using our, you know, sensibilities. Yes, what someone did is bad, but we can, you know, Approach it in a very, you know, rational way Now, if the woman is an actual, you know, die in the wool racist Who believes that black people are just genetically inferior to white people Is being fired from her job going to change her mind? Is that how you convince someone to not be racist? Of course not And I think that segues into the other thing I wanted to talk about Which is, right now, this issue of... um. You know, protest, and everyone's being quite active on this issue, and talking about you know challenges Black people face and how to deal with it. But there seems to be in a lot of it no real structure. The protest is just Black Lives Matter, or let's all tweet, you know, black screens to protest Black Lives. But it's 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 almost like headless. When we talk about any type of racism or bigotry. We have to be able to understand the root causes... And trying to make the issue monolithic across, you know... All countries, across all situations... It's just not sober analysis... The reason why... You know... Muslims are discriminated against... Is not the same reason why black people are discriminated against... And even in some, to certain situations... The reason why black people are discriminated against... It, it, it varies... I just talked previously about, you know, the black men that were tweeting harmful, you know, bigoted things about black women. That's a form of bigotry, of racial bigotry. But that's within, you know, a black community. There are people that discriminate against black trans people, black LGBT people. So there are many layers to these issues. And just making it a blanket issue of White versus black or everyone versus black. Because I'm sometimes saying, you know, we don't want to use the term people of color anymore. We don't don't want to use the term be me anymore. We're just making it just about black issues. What does that even mean? Because black issues are not even monolithic. They're not, you know, uniform. Black people in Somalia are facing imperialism because of resources, because of, you know, a war state. It's not the same as black people in America facing, you know, police brutality because they live, you know, in a police state. It's not the same as, you know, brown people in Yemen getting drone bombed. So we can't just make it a monolithic thing and say, you know, this is all just about black lives. Because at the end of the day, then it gets a bit confusing. Like, what exactly are you protesting? You're protesting black lives matter. Like, you're protesting for black lives to matter. What does that mean? Like okay, now you said Black Lives Matter. Is that now, you know, does it matter now? Is that what you're saying? Or you know, what's the issue you're referring to? You know, if you had kids and they were just saying every day they're gonna protest, you know, the systemic you know, they're gonna protest your their continuous maltreatment by you. But they're not referring to what they mean, you know, what exactly is this maltreatment? Just maltreatment, you know, just just general maltreatment. What does that mean? I, I'm confused. I should point out that's how these protests started. These protests in response to George, George Floyd getting choked out. I didn't really want to mention much of it because I feel like, you know, it's already been covered ad nauseum everywhere else, but more just the reaction. So initially it was purely a racial thing, but you have kind of seen, to be fair, you know, to the general movement, you have kind of seen it start to grow bigger. For some reason, this protest has really exposed how utterly deranged and sociopathic, you know, the police are. They have no control, no restraints, just incredibly brutal and violent. I think on some level I think they're doing that because they kinda of want the protest to die down. But it seems to like to be like encouraging more protests because it's kind of odd how, you know, punitive their violence is right now in this moment. So when this whole protest started I was concerned that it was getting too racialized and I think what I mean by that is that People were trying to make police violence a simply racial issue. When actually, when you look at the numbers, it really wasn't. There was a very good article I read, or well, a series of articles, on the World Socialist website, which kind of broke it down, and it had like a graph, so he had like a two different um, charts. One was all the areas in America last year where people died in the hands of police, and the old areas where they didn't. So in those areas that they did, then he went through the numbers of people living in those areas, the democratic the demographic breakdown, etc., et, cetera, et cetera. And what you find is that incredibly the numbers are in, incredibly consistent. The numbers the demographic breakdown of the areas in which you know police shootings and deaths occurred, they match exactly the demographic breakdown of the people that died. It was quite stunning for me to read because when I tell you the numbers, like it wasn't even less than it was less than two percent inaccurate. So it shows that in a kind of sick, macabre way, the police violence is actually matching exactly the demographic in which they're killing. But what it did show was a bigger correlation when it came to class. The areas in which the police violence happened, the poverty rates were double that of the areas where there were no police deaths. It was about 21% Compared to the general The other place Having a poverty rate of About 9-10% And what he started to show Was again The police don't work For the people The police work For the psychopaths That appoint them The people that hire them As basically Private security For the rich Initially this wasn't You know being talked about As much but I think because almost like the police did score a non-goal by being so violent, it's, you know, opening a bull and people are starting to talk about defunding the police, and, you know, it would still be nice if there was more of a class analysis, because I always think, in my view, that the finality of any identity argument when analysing something is that if we had more people that look like me, or us, then it would be a better issue. And once you say that you're completely wrong, like there's nothing anyone can say to convince me whether it be capitalism sexism any issue you're critiquing any system you're critiquing that disproportionately affects anyone even that has said even that has proved that police violence doesn't really disproportionately affect black people It's actually quite you know consistent in the numbers of black people being killed to white people and the ratios and stuff once you make it an identity argument the implicit In fact, almost explicit. The explicit, because you did see some people saying that we need more black people in power. We need more black police. No, no, we don't. That's like saying, you know, black people are disproportionately executed by white people. Oh, there, we need more black executioners. What? No. We just need less people to be getting executed, period. You know, so the answer wasn't like, you know, we want the violence to be more consistent. Because if you ask anyone, you know, when you say black people are disproportionately affected by police violence, are you saying if they were being affected, you know, at the rates of their you know, their numbers in the population, that would be okay? You know, if the numbers of people killed by police was, you know, sixty percent, you know, white, thirteen percent black and eighteen percent Hispanic as the population of the US breaks down demographically? Well, does that make it fine? Okay, like, let's not protest them or let's go home, that's fine. Of course not. Because the issue isn't exactly the disproportionate, which is, again, it's not disproportionate. The issue is the general violence itself. You know, it would be like someone saying capitalism is unfair to global South countries. Therefore, capitalism is racist. No. Capitalism knows no race or color. Capitalism is just the system itself is inherently bad. Hence, you're going to have terrible outcomes when you, you know, when when you use it. It's not because the system specifically targets any one group. Case in point, you know, the people that rule these global south countries, they look just like the people they rule. <clears throat> Nigeria having the the biggest poverty population in the world, and Nigeria being a ninety-nine point nine nine percent ethnic Nigerian, those two things make perfect sense. Now, if you're trying to say capitalism is racist and someone presented you with that fact, you might get a bit confused. That's because your analysis is completely incorrect. So you, you're missing the forest for the trees. And when I was, I was in a group chat and we were having this conversation and they were trying to, and I said to them <clears throat> and they said, oh, we need more black people in power." I said, wait, we had Obama. how come everything you know wasn't magically good for black people under Obama?" And they tried to say, oh because you know the people were sabotaging him and the witches and dragons were you know stopping him from you know achieving this incredible blank, you know, Superiority Which is complete nonsense Terrible analysis Having black slave masters Doesn't change the fact That the people that are slaves are black That has no correlation It's like Capitalism disproportionately affects Women or War disproportionately affects women Oh if only we had more women Defence manufacturers What difference does that make? The defence manufacturer's job is to wage war. If a woman gets to that position advocating let's do less war because it affects women, she wouldn't get to that position. That's exactly the point I was trying to make to my friends. If you're talking about oh let's have more black people in power, black people don't get to be in power if they don't subscribe to the you know the ideas of how exactly a system works and how they're gonna run it. I'm a socialist. I'm not going to be CEO of JP Morgan advocating, you know, an, a death to deft capitalism. That makes no sense. That makes no sense at all. So I did want to see less of the identity stuff, which I think is kind of happening right now. Although we are having our own protest right now with um, Black Lives Matter and people protesting in, you know, in London. I think there was a protest today. I'm not really sure exactly what the aim of the protest is. It just seems to be about general black lives matter which i guess i'm not against but i don't really see what you know what exactly you're referring to again if you're going to have a process just saying black lives matter you know okay right fair what exactly is your you know overarching point in what ways are they not mattering right now are you pointing to specific things you want to see you know that are, you know exclusively affecting black people or I didn't really hear any of that so I don't really know what to make of of those protests I wasn't making my screen black or anything because you do also have to understand not to sound insensitive but a lot of this is people just you know using the moment and someone was saying to me the other day, yesterday oh why am I not sharing these posts and why am I not you know Almost like I don't care about it, and I'm like, Well, unlike you guys, I didn't just realize this issue yesterday. I'm not a journey come lately. A lot of people are just seeing this because this went viral, and you know, they're now, you know, I'm not saying that's not a good thing in a way, it is because, of course, people do want to raise awareness at any time. You know, it's never too late to raise awareness, it's never the wrong time to do that. But people getting swept up in it, and you know. ...almost weaponizing it... ...people are just tweeting whatever they want... ...oh why is Jack Fowler not speaking out... ...why is... ...you know this person and that person and this person not speaking out... ...as though... ...them not speaking about this specific issue... ...oh you know... ...all the people not tweeting about this issue right now... ...shows, speaks volumes... ...no it doesn't... ...because I could say you know... ...the Palestinian Mar- Great March of Return was... ...in March... ...a lot of people didn't know about that... ...does that mean they hate Palestinians... Does that mean they're anti-Palestinian racists? Of course not. Just didn't know. So let's not, you know, get carried away and lose our minds and pretend like if someone doesn't tweet about this specific thing right now that is trending, then they don't care about black people. You know, we had um, Brianna Taylor that got shot in her house. Atiana Jefferson, she got shot in her house. A lot of people don't remember Eric Karner. That's a few years back. I'm sure I can search a lot of people tweeting now. Did it wasn't tweeting about it. But does that mean they don't care about black lives? I mean, come on guys, let's, 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 be, let's use our brains Okay, Let's not lose our minds now It's getting a bit faddish, you know Everyone's realising now, it's getting ridiculous People are dancing and singing People are, you know, posting, you know, weird things Black, you know, screens What, is that? what does that even mean? At that point, it just gets completely ridiculous And another thing about that is that It does not threaten power at all like, at all I guess that's more of a um, Of a Tactical critique So I'm going to do that in a separate kind of In a separate kind of way When we have a situation where We're using the catch-all phrase Of Black Lives Matter And then you have corporations doing it Corporations are doing the black You know, the black hashtag And all of that kind of stuff And you have corporations releasing statements Saying, oh, we won't be silent Whatever that means we're going to lose the issue here. Because now they're co-opting. The whole idea of this is to challenge power. If corporations are signing off on your movement... <laughs> trust me, you're not doing something... There's something you're not You're not doing anything right. Yeah? If we talk about climate change... And, you know... Ending the fossil fuel industry... ExxonMobil and Shell Corporation... Are not going to be retweeting our tweets. Okay? Because that's an existential threat... To their power structure. But people saying... You know we're really gonna change stuff because you know you have um soap makers and makeup brands tweeting about Black Lives Matter. What the, what what are you talking about? This kind of protesting is a completely identity-driven liberal fad, which is really not gonna get us anywhere. It's gonna get us some um, fake um what's it called representation. Oh, we need more black people in movies. Right. This is some kind of victory for black people. We need more black leaders. Even had someone tweet today about you know a corporation tweeted something about you know this whole situation. I don't know why corporations are tweeting about all of this. I don't. Again, maybe that's me being cynical, but I don't really. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, someone a corporation tweeted about that today, and then someone quoted it and quoted it with tweets. With um, with screenshots of them applying to do some job for the corporation, and the corporation saying no, they didn't really need that role, as though that's some kind of you know, own owning the corporation. Why do why do they have to hire you? So now people are trying to say because you don't hire me because you're black, or oh, that means you're racist. Again, is that really sane analysis? I'm not saying that because I I don't know. I'm not saying that a rip on these people, but. Again, I guess everyone's getting swept up in it. So, you know, it, it is what it is. What I was saying to my friend as well was the fact that I was just saying generally, an institution can be, you know, discriminatory disproportionately. But then just them doing one thing doesn't make them not racist or racist either way. So you could say Oxbridge Universities, the two of them, have a very low number of black people. But does that mean if I apply and don't get in, it's because they're racist? I can't just, I can't say that. That's not sober analysis. Everyone knows that. And you had um John Boyega, who was Finn in Star Wars. He was very um emotional on Instagram Live when this whole thing happened. And he was at the protest today in Hyde Park. And he was saying... Oh, man, I'm not gonna get. It. He was, you know, make talk speaking about it, talking about, you know, all the issues and, you know, how emotional it was. And he was like, "Oh, I might not, you know, ever ever be able to work after this." But X X Y said, "Stop it, stop it, John." Like if I was being cynical, I'd almost accuse him of being disingenuous. But I'm not gonna go that far in this podcast. Maybe not as of yet. When you have a situation where everyone is co-signing a movement and everyone is in total agreement. Especially in the industry you work for, which is completely identity-driven. A liberal, you know, centre-left organisation, like, you know, the movies, where everyone's tweeting about this. Don't pretend like this is not good for your career. They love, they're love. they going to love it. So, you know, him saying, oh, I'm not going to get a job after this, stop this madness. Please, please stop it. Stop it. Even, you know, Netflix, have been like, I just went on Netflix today and on their subscriptions for movies on their um, suggestions they've had you know movies talking about 13th which is the 13th amendment and you know other black lead movies you know higher up in the in the rankings again these are corporations they're reading the room they know where their bread is buttered their bread is not buttered by like you know people in the rural, you know america who don't really understand you know what the whole protest is about their bread is buttered by people that live in the metro areas that already believe that all oh, like, oh, black lives matter and understand this fully or even or maybe they pretend to pretend to because again you could have a situation where people you know pretend like they care about it and you know they tweet all these things yet they still have views that are you know not exactly the most what's what i'm looking for left leaning i'll put it that way you know the friend i was talking to which i remain nameless he has said very very harmful things About black women. And he was almost kind of shocked when I said to him. So so should someone fire you because of those things you said? He couldn't agree with that. Because again, a lot of what he said is not public. It's privately. And I can understand he's my friend. And I say that, you know, proudly he's my friend. He's not a bad person. Because again, we know that these things are not mutually exclusive. You can be a good person and say bad things. So again, let's not grandstand and, you know... Actors earlier than thou Oh, because that person did that I would never do that So that means, you know They can deserve They have everything coming For what they did But then let's pick something You've done and then say Okay, anyone that does this They're cancelled forever And let's see how that works out You know, let's just Let's just relax I just want us to take a deep breath You know And recognise the moment we're in And I think also Something very important About this protest That I really don't like Is that people are trying To make it seem like the idea of you know racial bigotry is some kind of intrinsic thing to you know all people that are not black which in a way is contradictory because if they believe that raising awareness and you know tweeting and making hashtags is going to make a difference then it's a bit paradoxical because if people really believe that intrinsically then obviously doing those things will have no effect on them so why bother but deep down, everyone knows they don't believe those things intrinsically. And a lot of the posts I've been seeing, they posit it as though people genuinely believe, you know, the, the eugenics of race, which no one even believes anymore. Which is goes back to what I was saying earlier. Racism, I hate that word, racial bigotry, a lot of the time is opportunistic. You have to understand the specific reasons. You know, someone being bigoted towards Eastern Europeans because they believe that they come here and take all our homes, you're not going to convince them of not believing that by saying, but they're good people who deserve rights and their lives matter too. Because they don't, they don't see it that way. They don't, they don't see it that way, not because they believe that Eastern Europeans are like, you know, genetically superior to them. They see it that way because they believe those people are the reason why their kids are poor. Those people are the reason why their NHS is not working very well. So trying to convince those people that they're being lied to by the power structure and the reason why the NHS and these places are not working is because, you know, they're being defunded cynically by the people that want to, you know, privatise it is a much better way of convincing them to stop their bigotry than just simply saying, but they're good people who deserve rights too. Even if you look so about the issue of Muslims, a lot of people have, you know, they're Islamophobic and have, you know, a prejudice towards Muslims because they, you know, they sip the Kool-Aid of terrorism And, you know, wow, this is a volatile region and, you know, all they do is fight each other and stuff like that You have people in the New York Times, like Thomas Friedman Saying, you know, Arabs just like to fight each other about which olive tree, you know, is whose olive tree is whose And, you know, actual, rape, you know, bigoted things Now, a lot of people that I don't know any better they believe those things because that's what they read They read the Daily Mail, they read the Sun, etc, etc Now, we all agree That these people are not intrinsically Islamophobic However, the way to convince them to not be Islamophobic Is not to pro- you know, march saying Muslim people matter How's that going to change their mind? If you genuinely believe that The reason why you know, you have a prejudice towards Muslims Is because you know, they're all terrorists and you're scared of them Or a lot of them, or they, somehow their religion You know aid and abets or tolerates terrorism just pointing out that muslim people are humans too how is that going to change your mind it's not but actually pointing out that the reason why this is being cynically exploited is because a lot of the terrorism that goes on in the world is actually done by our governments against those people and a lot of that is because they're cynically doing that so they can steal those people's resources and at the end of the day it goes back to you know capitalism and their bottom line that's a much much infinitely better argument than trying to make it a purely you know religious thing the west is just intrinsically islamophobic no it isn't we're trying to connect it to slavery and saying oh it's because of slavery that's why the police kill black people now of course not how many people do you think in the police even you know but they had like what slave patrol dads And you know they've all been slave patrol You know people in their lives You have to understand the situational reasons Because that's really how you make Insight from the analysis To you know to destroy a power structure You even had situations where A corporation would tweet about You know tweet their black screen And someone would post a picture of their, their board of directors Or something like that And say oh there are no black people on here dummy even if all the board of directors were black people that wouldn't be okay the issue again is not that we don't have more people that look like us kicking us in the face the issue is that we're being kicked in the face in the first place a black boot or a white boot kicking you in the face what does it matter a boot is a boot to the face and it's just incredibly frustrating to see again the energy getting diverted into purely identity because like i have said before the ultimate conclusion of any identity-based argument if that if only i had more people that look like me in there things would be different you're wrong things won't be different they'll be exactly the same because for them to get in there they have to believe that kicking you in the face is exactly what you know they're required to do if they don't do that they're not going to be in the role very long If a billion-dollar make-up corporation that makes their profits by exploiting people and, you know, getting their resources from using child labour and all that kind of stuff, do you think because now they have a black person in there, they're going to be like, Oh, well, you know, I do have Nigerian friends. I grew up in Nigeria, so I guess I kind of know what poverty is like. So, now, let's pay them, you know, fair pricing for that. (laughs) Are you... Are you you deluded? Of course they're not going to do that. doesn't matter if it's Fenty, Mac, whatever it is. They're going to, because again, that's what the system requires them to do. If they don't do that, they wouldn't be in business very long because their opponents will be doing it. So understand that just saying, oh, this corporation doesn't have any black faces on their board, so they have no credibility to speak about this issue. They have no credibility because they're a corporation, period. Their job involves exploiting people of every kind. It wouldn't matter if, you know, somehow we woke up tomorrow and our society was reversed and black people were, you know, the dominant power, quote unquote, and white people were the lesser one. They would be exploiting anyone that they need to. In their own countries, you know, the majority of people are poor. They are poor are white because it's a majority white country. In black countries, the majority black. The suffering Is not identical But it's the same Because they don't know No bottom of trying to exploit You know this person differently Or exploit that person differently Case in point A lot of the weapons That the US police Are using right now To terrorise their own citizens Do you know where they buy it from? They buy it from The surplus military equipment That you know The defence corporations make So they can terrorise You know Foreign countries So they make the weapons to terrorise foreign countries, then their own police buy it to terrorise their citizens. Do you see how connected the struggle is? So saying, oh, I don't want to use some people of colour, We're talking about white people right now, black people right now, without understanding that the fact that the US is occupying Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, it's literally a, a government market for weapons, and that's why police can have those weapons to, you know, oppress the enemy within. Not realising this is connected and making it, you know, a grandstanding issue about how every class of people is racist towards black people. It just makes you an idiot. I'm sorry. It just makes you an idiot who's wasting your time and is not changing anything. There's some people that want to, you know, do activism and be visible. And there's some people that actually want to change stuff. And if you think you're trying to actually change stuff by saying, you know, I'm not going to build a coalition and everyone's against me and, you know... Those people are struggling under the same, you know, brutal empire. But right now, let's only talk about my issue and not connect to these issues. You do that and waste your time and change absolutely nothing. Analyzing the reason why George Floyd specifically died by being, you know, some a policeman kneeling on his neck until he was asphyxiated. ...in a purely racial term... ...and say he did it because he was racist... ...because if that guy was white... ...that you know he wouldn't have done that... ...and he, he wouldn't be he would be dead... ...that's just stupid analysis... ...because when you analyse that without... ...you know mentioning the fact that... ...the Minnesota Police Department... ...they train with the Israeli army... ...which is an occupying army... ...who all they, everyone they encounter... ...they view as terrorists who they have to subdue... ...and the fact that the Minnesota army, um, Police Department... defied the mayor... And getting training from basically a quasi military force. Removing this from your analysis and making it purely about race is just stupid and you're gonna completely miss the issue. So the issue is for example, we could have a situation where because of this backlash, they canceled this training with Israel because we can prove that, you know, they got this, you know, immoral, inhumane manoeuvre. They copied it from, you know, the Israeli army, the IDF. That's a a much bigger change That might save people's lives Than just making it about race And then the police, you know, bash our heads in And then nothing changes Because we haven't addressed the structural reasons You know, a policeman can be racist Like, the policeman that killed George Floyd Could be an actual racist, you know Who has a KKK mask and a hood and everything like that But if he didn't kneel on George Floyd's neck George Floyd wouldn't be dead and that's really what it's about at the end of the day. You know, the US can be a racist country, whatever you want to say that. But if we had, you know, a strong anti-war movement, then maybe the US wouldn't be able to attack, you know, a black country because of an anti-war movement. Now, they might still be racist. You know, that can, those two things can be true. I'm sure a lot of people that, for example, that are quite poor and blame, you know, Eastern Europeans and, you know, migrants and stuff like that I'm sure a lot of them, you know, they're very bigoted But, you know, their neighbour's not dead because of it Because they have no actual power So that's the way you do it, by removing the power these people can have You know, people can still believe what they believe I guess, you know, are we going to forever, like, totally rid the world of racism? Probably not Because sexism we haven't rid the world of And men and women have existed, you know, together for <laughs> as long as, you know, human life has been and we still don't really know where sexism comes from. Why is it that we live in a patriarchal or matriarchal society? Is it all just about power? Um, I guess so. Maybe that's what it is. Because I'm, I'm trying to think now in the animal kingdom. Is there any other animals where the you know quote-unquote smaller you know species is the powerful one? I can't think of any. Anacondas, sharks, lions. No. It seems like maybe there is a correlation there with aggression and power and size and you know domination or whatever but you could have a situation where again a man is a you know an avid sexist who believes you know all women are like the inferior sex and be allowed to you know hold them as sex slaves but if a law says you have to pay everyone who has this role equally that's the end of it there's literally nothing you can physically do to circumvent that again this is how in my opinion we make real change not by protesting the catch all term of racism without addressing the actual power structures that these people are using. You know, you d- defang them, if you will. And that's where, you know, I was a bit concerned at the start. I mean, people again, like I said, people are talking more about defunding the police now. So it is getting better. Hopefully, we can see more of that, a more holistic analysis. But I'm not willing to just start posting petitions that just say Black Lives Matter. What the hell is the point? Or protests just screaming Black Lives Matter And everyone goes home And nothing, literally nothing has changed Literally nothing And I don't say, I mean if I could say that louder I would But the protests at High Park today Well intentioned as they were Achieved absolutely nothing All the structures that they claim Are institutionally biased towards black people Are going to remain exactly the way they are Because they didn't ask for anything They didn't, you know if you're like a, I don't know, child or something, you're crying, you know, endlessly. Do you want food? Yeah, I don't know, you're not saying, do you want this, do you want that? Okay, then, keep crying. I don't know what you want. So, as much as it was a well-intentioned thing, I will not be participating in that. I mean, if there was one for a specific cause that I can think of, let's stop bombing, I don't know, this black country, you see me there, because that's a very tangible, you know. Thing that can reasonably be achieved. If the government stops bombing that place, we've achieved it. When we had Extinction Rebellion the other time, they wanted the government to declare a climate emergency. The government did that. Now, of course, it was symbolic and, you know, they basically did it to shut them up. But that was a tangible demand that they can say they achieved. But if they were just running around saying, you know, we have a climate emergency coming, I mean, even that would be point more of a point because they're actually pointing to exactly what they want but if they were just saying hashtag respect the climate whatever that means how how do you want us to do that what do, you, what do you want you know say what you want or respect the you know the earth or something you know it's a very catchall term that could be interpreted in many ways you have you even have you know corporations that are exploiting the planet tweeting about how they respect the environment You had Elon Musk tweeting about, you know, Black Lives Matter. Like, he wasn't poisoning, you know, poor, black, Hispanic, you know, communities with, you know, with Tesla. And he wasn't stealing, you know, silicon batteries from, you know, silicon deposits from, you know, poor countries, majority of which are, you know, black and brown. Now, again, that's an example of you thinking, oh, my God, I've got, you know, Tesla to make a statement on, you know. On how they, you know they care about black lives, but is that really a meaningful achievement? Having Lockheed Martin or Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, BAE Systems, companies that support coups everywhere, so they can steal you know people's resources. Countries that are exploiting the Congo right now for you know any resource, any material resource you can think of. Countries that literally fund sometimes genocide so they can achieve their aims but because they've you know posted a black screen and they're claiming to support black lives a lot of these makeup companies go and look at how they get their you know some of the stuff they put in their makeup child slaves child labor let's talk about those not that you know they've posted a black screen and they're listening so oh my god they're so woke just a complete utter waste of time which Almost does a disservice to the movement Because now you're going to allow your movement to be co-opted People are going to look at, you know A company that tweeted two weeks ago Compared to a company that tweeted tomorrow And said, this company tweeted two weeks ago So they're more committed to, you know Black liberation than this company Just a, a total joke But let me not be too pessimistic Things are getting better, hopefully And I think I just wanted to bear witness To what I was seeing I don't care you know, people sometimes people say I'm not being sympathetic enough. Maybe sometimes i wanna post some grandstanding indignation so it can seem like, you know, I'm sufficiently emotional under on analysis to criticize it. I guess if I was white, everyone would be denouncing me as an actual racist already, so maybe I have to be thankful I can weaponize my, my colour there. So I think I'm gonna leave it there. I hope you've um enjoyed my you know my pessimism my glibness and i think more importantly i just want people to reflect you know i'm not saying i have all the answers no one does but i'm just calling as i see it i'm an historian so i'm going to be updating my podcast as i see fit if i see anything worth happening i mean i didn't even really mention america falling apart as an empire this is something we really need to talk to talk about and you know add to our analysis Countries collapsing under the weight of capitalism Under the weight of Inequality Someone was pointing out to me that You know, they didn't have a follow scheme People still don't have healthcare Because of that, literally half of their workforce is unemployed This is frightening for people You know, this is incredibly, you know, bizarre Again, it shows how, you know These people could not give less of a shit about people. White, black, Hispanic, they don't give a shit. They're gonna fuck you the same anyway. So I think it'll be nice if we can have, you know, a bigger movement. And I think the movement initially making it about, you know, every white person isn't you know, deep down racist that they need to, you know, reflect about in a dark room somewhere. You're just gonna waste all the energy of the movement. But hopefully things are gonna change and you're going to see more of a holistic approach That does build coalitions And say you know what This is you know A joint movement Because say what you will about you know All the countries is incredibly racist The majority of people in the country did vote for A black man twice Millions incredibly, Tens of millions of white people Voted for him How do you explain that The deep down racism that somehow you know They hated him because he was black but somehow they wanted to to, to Absolve their white guilt or something Don't be ridiculous You have to look way deeper Than that surface issue And um, hopefully that continues to happen Over the next, next weeks and months But America as an empire is collapsing So expect more of this Going forward